The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If those words sound strangely familiar, it's because we also heard them yesterday. It's one of those odd moments in the liturgical calendar when it is possible to have identical gospels on consecutive (coughs) days. And, but note the difference. The words are the same. Oh, but the feeling of those words is very different between yesterday and today. And that is a reminder of the power of the gospel to speak into the, all of the diverse situations that mark and, and define our lives. And one of those things that defines our life is death. As the saying goes, death is a fact of life. In fact, it's the inconvenient fact of life, isn't it? We spend our lives trying not to think about it. And yet, it waits for every single one of us. And there's no exception there. On this day, we begin with that fact. Life has a limit. Life comes to an end. And we recognize that in a very real way, it is that which gives a real meaning to our living. That sounds strange at first to hear it that way. But the reality is this. Human life, mankind, created by God, was created destined for glory, destined for goodness, destined for a happiness which would not end or ever be taken away. But we've got something else, don't we? Our experience in this sin-fallen world is not an experience of unending happiness. 
not an experience of bright and unambiguous glory. It is an experience of illness, hardship, fear, uncertainty, struggle, confusion. On some levels, thank God that comes to an end. Note what it is that we say when we say that our mortal life, our mortal bodies, have a limit to them. That also means pain has a limit. That means hardship has a limit. Struggle, fear, uncertainty, illness, and doubt, all of these things have a limit. In our personal lives, there will be an ending of these things. Ultimately, when the world is brought to completion by the Lord, all of these things will be no more. And it is important that we recognize this. Not in the way false apostles of, a mer of mercy want to advocate the premature ending of life to take the pain away. That's not goodness. That's not mercy. That's not compassion. That is simply killing. Rather, we have something else, that this world that knows so much hardship is a world still loved by God, a world loved so much that Jesus Christ, who could have saved us in any way he chose, chose the most perfect way, which was not to snap his fingers and take the pain of the world away, but to stretch out his hand to the wood of the cross and have the pain of this world nailed to him. Note how unspeakably great that love is. Even the Lord dies in his body to take on the reality of our loss, of our fragility, of our fallenness. This is why St. Paul speaks in such beautiful words in our letter to the Romans. What can separate us from the love of God if he's willing to do that? If Jesus is willing to nail the pain of the world to himself, if Jesus is willing to fall into the grave for love of you, what can separate you from his love? What is stronger than that? What is greater than that? And so we, we who live in this sin-fallen, wounded world, have been given the gift of faith to understand there is more than just sin-fallenness, more than just woundedness here. And we're reminded human life is still destined for glory. Human life is still destined for a happiness that does not end. Human life will not be simply surrendered to the reality of loss. That's why we gather here today in such numbers. We don't gather here today because we have no faith. We gather here today as people of faith. And that the victory of the resurrection of the Lord is a victory that we are promised to share in, 
including our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep and gone before us. It's not simply hope for ourselves, but a real hope for them. Otherwise, this novena that we offer is mere pointlessness. It's simply getting together in our woundedness and weeping together with no end in sight. But that is not how we pray. That is not how we gather. Because nothing will separate us from the love of God that comes to us in Christ Jesus our Lord, as St. Paul says. But the reality is, as we noted, that death provides a certain meaning to our living. Because our time is brief. And so what we do with it matters. Note, if your time is unlimited, it really doesn't matter what you do on any given day, does it? If your time has no end, is today really important? But when your time is limited, every single day is. Because our time is limited, what we do with it matters. How we live how we choose, how we decide, how we treat one another matters, not just for now, but into eternity. Because the time we've been given is the time that the Lord has given us to move into that eternal glory for which he has made us. But let's be honest, not all of us stay on the road all of our lives. We wander off of it from time to time. Not all of us has always valued the moments of life that he or she has been given. And we've wasted many of them or misused many of them. We desire life, but we often find our feet on the pathway that doesn't lead to life. And... That's the truth. Not just about us, but about our family members too. About our friends too. About our loved ones too. Each of our wounded hearts has a certain affection for things that aren't good for us. Each of our lives has its own waywardness about it. Yesterday, we celebrated those who completely overcame that waywardness while they were alive. Those who used their time perfectly well. Today, we remember that that's not all of us. And that while the blessed in heaven are perfect, the mercy of God extends itself to the imperfect as well. Yesterday, in our gospel reading, we had the path of the Beatitudes which named the glory that the saints realized in their lives. Today, we have those same words about our own lives and the Lord calling us to grow into that fullness. And today, we pray for our loved ones who walked that path imperfectly and are now undergoing 
of purification so that the glory that is promised them might be theirs completely and fully. Note how merciful the Lord is. He doesn't say, if you haven't used your time perfectly, that's too bad for you. Sorry about your luck. Rather, what he says to us is he reminds us that we who in holy baptism were given a sharing in the life of Jesus are still connected even when our loved ones pass away. Note how beautiful that is. And we can still help them. We can still assist them. Just as the saints in heaven pray for us, so we can pray for our less than perfect relatives and friends and help them. The world around us, which doesn't understand this, only sees loss, only feels cut off, only feels helpless, and contents itself simply with reminiscing and sharing memories. And while that's not a bad thing, that only helps us deal with our feelings. It doesn't help our loved ones. Note how beautiful it is that we can do more than just remember them. When we remember them, we can also do something for them. That's what this day and these days of November are for. We don't just remember them. We pray for them. How beautiful. How beautiful that as they are undergoing that process where their hearts are being purified of whatever wasn't meek within them, that their heart might obtain that perfect meekness that inherits the kingdom, that their hearts, which weren't perfectly clean and pure, might have that spotless purity that glows for eternity. That those who, while good, oftentimes weren't exactly peacemakers, might be formed and purified into that peace of the gospel they never quite got a hold of while they were with us. And if we're honest, that sounds like an awful lot of our family members. That sounds like an awful lot of our friends, and it probably sounds a lot like us. Note how beautiful that is. And the Lord, with these curious words, these beatitudes, these statements of blessing and happiness, note that he doesn't say, blessed are you who are successful. He doesn't say, blessed are you who are famous. He doesn't say, blessed are the popular. Blessed are you with many accomplishments? Notice he doesn't say that. Because that's not us. And that's not real. That's not everybody. But he speaks of a fundamental blessedness about how we live our lives and use our time. Blessed are you who are more meek than proud. Blessed are you who don't simply nurse your anger, but know how to care for somebody and show mercy where you are. Blessed are you who know sadness 
What a strange blessing that is. Blessed are you who weep for your loss. And that would be us today. And why? Because the eye that knows how to truly weep is the eye that understands the beauty of not having to cry again. And that is what we look for today. Jesus doesn't give us a gospel of fantasy land. He gives us a gospel that speaks to the reality of our living. He shows us this beautiful but not easy way to move into the kingdom. And he shows us just who the blessed really are. The meek, the merciful, the peacemaker, the one who knows how to grieve with faith. That can be anybody. And he would love it to be everybody. That's why we gather today, to pray for our loved ones, that whatever is left unfinished in their movement to become this kind of person be finished and finish soon. Because the joy we celebrated with the saints yesterday is a joy that we want not just for ourselves, but for our brothers and sisters who have gone before us. What a great thing. And there is power in your prayer today. Understand that. The graces that the church accords to the faithful in their prayer on All Souls Day especially, but over these first days of November, are mighty graces indeed. Do not doubt for a second today that your prayer, however imperfectly said, however poorly expressed you might think it is, do not doubt for a second that it is not effective. Because on this day, the church prays together. And the church prays with a prayer that is strengthened by the merits and the intercession of all those saints we celebrated yesterday. And so we pray today. On All Souls Day, we have more than memories because we are not cut off from our loved ones because nothing will separate us from the love of God that comes to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.